right now. Come on, can you worship Him while you're waiting? Come on, if you came in weeping tonight, can you go ahead and worship while you're weeping? If you came in victorious tonight, can you go ahead and worship Him while you're winning? God, I'm going to praise You on the mountain. I'm going to praise You in the valley. I'm going to praise You when the bank is full. And I'm going to praise You when it's empty. God, I'm going to praise You, God, in every season, in every storm. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's easy to pray when the getting's good. It's easy to worship when everything's going all right. But what about when life's storm comes and life has you in a place where you're waiting or you're whining or you're waiting and crying and crying out to God just asking for help. Can you worship then? Can you praise Him then? Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise team, what an awesome, awesome job. We've got talent galore, amen, and I am thankful for each and every one of them and their willingness sharing their gifts for the purpose of leading us in worship, amen, amen. So thankful to be back in the house of the Lord again tonight, amen, what what an awesome, awesome time we had here today. If you were not here today... You missed it because it was such a dynamic move of the Spirit. Amen. And I don't believe that God is done with this day yet. If He was, we wouldn't have been here tonight. Amen. But we are here and I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. If you would, turn with me to Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 38. We'll begin reading at verse 6 and work our way down to verse 13. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 38 says, Then they took they Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah the son of Hamelech that was in the court of the prison, and they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. Now when Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs which was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon. The king then sitting in the gate of Benjamin. Ebed-Melech went forth out of the king's house and spake to the king, saying, My lord the king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is like to die for hunger." In the place where he is. For there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian saying. Take from hence thirty men with thee. And take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him. And went into the house of the king. Under the treasury and took thence old cast clouts and old rotten rags. And let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine arnholes, under the cords. And Jeremiah did so. And so they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him up out of the dungeon 
And Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. Tonight, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you on this subject. Life in the pits. Life in the pits. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your presence that has been here all day. We feel your mighty power. We feel your working hand right now. And I pray tonight, God, that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, to deliver your word that does not return void. Let it settle on the heart and the ear that needs to hear it most. And let us be forever changed because we've been in your presence. And we give you glory and honor and praise. And everyone said, Amen. You can be seated tonight. The pits beyond what we know as a well or a dungeon or a ditch also has a definition of something that is very bad or unpleasant. The pits can be identified as the worst possible thing, place, or condition. Some have been asked, how are things in your life? What's your life been like? How are you doing? What's going on in your world? To which they will respond, it's been the pits. Psalms 28 and 1, the psalmist said, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Psalm 30 and 3 says, O Lord, Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Psalms 40 and 2 says, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. In the NLT, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be amazed. And they will put their trust in the Lord. Psalms 143 and verse 7, He said, Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. If you did not know tonight, now you know. That the pit is not somewhere that you want to spend any amount of time. The pit is not somewhere that you want to book a vacation to. An all-inclusive package to the pit. The pit is not somewhere that you want to be for any length of time. But the psalmist painted it perfectly. He said the pit is a place where you feel like God can't even hear your prayers. The pit is a place that you cry out and you don't know if there's going to be a response. 
He said the pit is like the grave itself. He said it is a horrible pit. Or what the NLT said was a pit of despair. There was a scientist by the name of Harry Harlow. He spent time studying love and and what love does to the heart and the connection that it makes. But after some time studying love, he wanted to dive into depression. He wanted to dive into isolation. And so he does just that and he used monkeys as his test subject. He started off with wired cages and he would separate the monkeys and he would put one here and one over there and they could see the other monkey and they could hear the other monkey. But there was no connection. There was no hug, no embrace, no handshake, no playful character. It was in a place of isolation and he found that after a season of being in said place... That when he let the monkeys out of the cage, that they were hesitant to be around one another. That they were hesitant to to embrace and to play because they had been in such a hard place. But after a while, he wanted to intensify the study. And so he made what he called the pit of despair. It was a metal box on all three sides, all four sides, and the bottom was a wired cage, and up top only had a small hole for observation from the scientist. The walls were slanted in this small confined box, barely bigger than the monkey, and he sat there for days and weeks and months in this box with walls surrounding him on every side. And they fed him and they gave him water, but he could not see anybody. He could not hear anything. He was in complete isolation for a long, long time. And it was not a very long time until the monkey could not even function. Some of them died within five days of being in such a place. They quit eating. They quit socializing altogether. They begin to grip themselves and pull their hair and bite their fingers. And and that place of torment was very real for these monkeys. And to think that in just a moment somebody could have opened the door and saved them and relieved them and gotten them out of this place. But they found themselves in the pit of despair. And in this study, Mr. Harlow got so bogged down and consumed and just being in that environment, he himself began to face depression. He himself began to struggle with that and he had to check himself into a hospital to be helped. Isolation is a horrible thing. Being in that pit is a horrible place to be. Joseph found himself in not one but two pits that we know about. The first was by his brothers doing, and they are there conspiring against him. And the first time he experiences a pit, the Bible refers to him as a child, or what was probably around the age of 17 years old. He's not some full-grown man who's been through the hard knocks of life, who's seasoned in this. He is 17 years old at the oldest and he's cast into a pit and left for dead. 
he's sitting there and he's 17 years old and, and he's in this pit. And the second pit was the dungeon that Potiphar places him in. And sure, the hand of God was on him. Sure, there was favor in his life and everything he did prospered. But that did not mean that he had just grown partial to the pit. That did not mean that he was just okay with where he was at and just accepted it. Although we sometimes paint that picture and because everything he did in the prison prospered that he was just living it up in the prison. That because he just so happened to be the top dog in the prison that the prison wasn't still a prison. You don't have to pretend like the pit is not hard. You don't have to pretend like life is not difficult at times. You don't have to like it. Sure, there are things that we do accept. Sure, life has its way of just being life. And it rains on the just and the unjust. And we trust God in the midst of it. But that does not make it easy. No one wants to be in that place. No one wants to feel like they've hit rock bottom. And that not only are they at the bottom of their rope, but they are at the bottom of the pit and the rope has been long gone. The way out has been so far removed and it seems like we're just here until we're not here. And we're here until God delivers us. And we're here until somebody makes a way for me to be free. While the initial moment of the first pit in his life, Genesis does not tell us his side of the story. It is the brothers conspiring. It is the brothers that are talking about what's going to happen here. And they said, oh, here comes the dreamer. Oh, here comes the one favored by God. Here he comes. And, and they conspired and they wanted to put him to death. And the Bible says that Reuben stood up and he said, No, we can't do that. Let, let's just leave him in the pit here. Let's just drop him in the pit here. And, and they're telling their side of the story and how they're going to take his coat and they're going to tear it and they're going to put some blood on it and take it back to their father. And it, this is all their story. Oh, it's the story of Joseph and we know the ending. But here it's their narrative. Here we're hearing their side of things. We don't hear about Joseph's side of the story. But in Genesis 42 and 21, the Bible says, And they said one to another, We are very guilty concerning our brother, and that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress upon us we saw our brother in the pit we saw the anguish that he was facing we saw the turmoil we heard his cry and yet we turned a deaf ear to it and we didn't respond to it and we make it like Joseph just sat in the pit while they ate their bread and had their lunch and he's just whistling while he's waiting that he was down there saying well it is what it is. I'm just going to stay here until somebody pulls me out. And No, there was agony there. 
There was turmoil there. And he said, will you pull me out of the pit? Will you get me out of this place that I am in? We heard him crying out, but we could not hear him. Simeon, would you please help me? Please don't forget me down here. Oh, Judah, please get me out of this pit. This isn't funny anymore. It's not funny that you're just out there pretending like I'm not here. I need your help. And next you find he's in another pit. The butler tells Joseph his dream. And Joseph tells him in just a few days you're going to be restored back into Pharaoh's house. And when you do, I'm asking you to please remember me so that I can get out of this place. And he says, because I am here and I have done nothing wrong. I'm here and I haven't, I haven't made this huge fault and I haven't made this huge failure, yet I still find myself in a pit. Favor is great, but the pit is still a pit. Anointing is great, but when you're in the mud and you're covered in it and you're sinking in the mire, it's still very real and it hurts. And you get to the place where you don't know what you're going to do. And you're sitting there and saying, oh, I've done nothing to deserve this. I've continued serving God. I've been faithful I've lived for God all the days of my life. I've tried to do good. And it seems like the more I've tried to do good, the more the enemy just comes and attacks me. And the more that hold pulls down on me. God may cause all I do to prosper, but I am still in the pit. And there are people who come and they, they live their life and they shout and they worship and they live for God and, and they come to the house of God like today and they respond in worship and they pray so fervently and they shout and they dance but we just assume that life is great and grand. We just look at that and say, well, their life's perfect. They've got it all figured out. They've just got it made. Or maybe they're like Benaiah that says, I may be in the pit. I may be in front of a lion. I may be in a snowy day. But while I'm here, I'm going to fight. While I'm in this pit, I'm going to fight the lion. I'm going to defeat this adversary that's in front of me. And I'm going to do some work while I'm in this position they come and serve and they pour out and they keep doing what God has called them to do even while they're in a pit even while they're hurting even while they're crying themselves to sleep at night don't think just because someone is worshiping that they've got it all figured out don't assume that because they are working in the prison that they want to make that their forever home you do what you've got to do while you're there. You do what you have to do in the dungeon. But like the old song says, you better believe when He calls me, you call me gone. 
You better believe that if God showed up and He said, here's an open door, what are you going to do? That there would be somebody that would run through that open door. That if God said, hey, how would you like for the chains to fall off? Just start shouting and see what happens. What would you do if you knew that how you responded in the pit, how you respond in this moment can make all of the difference in your life? That if you would just do something, that if you would respond, that God would open that door of opportunity for your life. Here in our text, Jeremiah was saying, not his opinion, he wasn't going around just stirring the pot, trying to poke fun at people and trying to do something to aggravate them. He was obeying the voice of God. He was the prophet. He was just speaking what God was putting in him to speak. He was being the messenger of God. But because it wasn't what everybody wanted to hear, because it wasn't just lifting them up and, and oh, they're so wonderful and they're so, everything's perfect and we can ignore all of the, the sin in your life and we can ignore all of those things but because he said, no, I'm going to speak what God told me to speak. I'm going to declare the word of the Lord that He told me to declare. And because of that, they said, He is not seeking the welfare of these people. He's only wanting to hurt the people. And because of that, they were wishing him dead. Sometimes living right and doing right and saying what is right can still get you into some unfortunate places. Sometimes you still find yourself in trouble. Sometimes you still find yourself in the midst of a storm. And you sit there and you say, God, all I've done is say what you've asked me to say. All I've done is pray. All I've done is do what you've asked me to do. And yet here I am in this unfortunate place. So the king tells them, do what they want. And so they lower him into the pit. And the Bible says, and there was no water in it. Only mud. Only mire. And the Bible says, so Jeremiah sunk in the mire. He finds himself at the bottom in what appears to be a hopeless situation. He stirred up the wrong crowd and now, just like Joseph, he finds himself in his own pit. And and no matter what he does, no matter what he tries to do, the more he tries to do, the more he seems to sink. Have you been there before? That you're in that place and it seems like you cry out but nobody hears you and you move but nothing happens except you sink further and further down in the pit. No way out. No way of being delivered. No way of being set free. Here he's living right and sinking. He's doing what God asked him to do and he's struggling. He's covered in mud. Speaking the truth may get you thrown in the dungeon, but continuing to live in that truth will get you out of the dungeon. The same worship that gets you thrown into prison will be the same worship that will get you out of prison. The same prayers you prayed that stirred the enemy up 
will be the same prayers that will get you out. The same thing that put you in the pit will be the same thing that will get you out. If you will just keep living and you will just keep serving and you will keep doing what you know to do. We talk about it often. But Daniel got into that den of lions for doing what he'd always done. But he also walked out because he continued doing what he always had done. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown in because of what they'd already done. And they were going to keep doing it even in the fire. They're going to keep doing it even in the struggle. They're going to keep doing it even in the hard time. And saying, it may have got me here, but it's going to get me out. It may have put me in a bad place, but it will deliver me out of this place. Time and time again in Scripture, you find people who had been in unique circumstances, but because they didn't stop being who they were, they didn't change. They didn't let the world or circumstances sway them. And God, if you live that way, will always, always make a way of escape. If you will serve Him and you will live for Him, I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how dark your world may be, young people. If you would live for God and make up your mind I'm going to serve for God. Maybe you don't understand it now, but somehow, some way, God's going to get you through. 1 Corinthians 10 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Somebody needs to lift their hand right now and say that like you believe it. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, but will, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Why? Because our God is faithful. Why is He going to open that door? Because He's faithful. Why is He going to pull you out of the pit? Because He's faithful. Why is He going to save your family? Because He's faithful. Why is He going to deliver you? Because He's faithful. It's just who He is. It's just what He does. And God, the King, has spoken tonight. And He says, I've come to see that you get out of the pit. Acts 12, Peter was kept in prison. He's sleeping between two guards. There are guards in front of his door. And his back is literally against the wall as he is chained up. But prayer was made. Acts 12 says, but prayer was made. That somebody on the outside of the pit... That somebody on the outside of what I'm facing got down on their knees and they begin praying. God, I don't know how. He's trapped. He's between two prisoners. He's between two other guards. He's between a rock and a hard place. He's in a difficult circumstance. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but God, would you deliver him? The angel shows up, pokes him in the side says, it's time you get up. 
Get your stuff together. Put your clothes on. Come on, we're fixing to get out of here. And the shackles broke. And then they get past the guards. They get past the first ward. And then the second ward. And then they get to the iron gate. And the Bible said it just opened on its own accord. And they're walking to the first street. And when they do, the angel disappears. And then a light bulb goes off in his head. And he said, oh, I'm not dreaming. This really just happened I don't know how but God made a way I don't know how I was between two guards there were guards in front of me I had chains but somehow some way God got me out of the pit God got me out of the prison are there any that can testify tonight that when you look back You're sitting there saying, I don't know how. If you knew what I was chained to, I don't know how. If you knew what I was trapped in. But God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. He said, now I know that the Lord delivered me. Now I know that this was the work of God. That's what I want. That's what I want. I'm thankful for friends that pull me up. I'm thankful for words of encouragement. But I want to walk out knowing it was God that delivered me. I want to walk out knowing it's not a dream. It's real. It's real. It's real. The pit is not permanent. The dungeon is only delay. And the mire and the mud is just what's happening until the miracle takes place. It's not forever. Some of us here today have dealt with pit after pit after pit. You get out of one and you fall in another. You get out of one and somebody pushes you into another. And you feel like that's all your life has been. But you have to know today with the pid, with the mud, with the mire, that He will make a way of escape. See, God had promised to protect Jeremiah. He said, you just go and speak what I tell you to speak. You don't worry about the rest. I'm going to take care of you. You just do what I've asked you to do and I'm going to take care of you. You may face some hard days. You may face some trials and circumstances. But I promise I will protect you and take care of you. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went into the house of the kings under the treasury. And they got some old rags. Some old discarded clothing. Some things that maybe somebody else didn't see as very important. Maybe somebody else threw in the towel and said, I don't need that anymore. I'm not going to live this life anymore. I'm not going to walk that path anymore. Someone else said, well, there's, there's some newer things out there. There's some other things that we could do. There's some other ways that we could try. Some, some new things we could try to teach that may draw a larger crowd. If you would just throw some of these things away, 
If you would just discard holiness, if you would discard a prayer life, if you would discard a walk with God, then you could draw some people and you could get a crowd in here that would blow your mind, that would make the Easter Sunday we had look like a little kitty daycare. But Ebed-Melech said, these old rags, these old discarded things, I think that if we would use them, I think if we would pick them up and figure out a way to make something out of it, I think maybe, just maybe, we can pull somebody out of the pit with this. I think maybe, just maybe, if we would get back to some of the things that work, to some of the things that we know are tried and true, and we said, maybe they don't use it down the road. Maybe they don't want to pray like that anymore. Maybe they don't want to have a move of God. But it still works. It still works. And I think maybe if we would combine it to to faith, to love, to charity and peace, then we can make something that would get somebody out of their circumstance. I know people may not see the importance of this, but it works. I said it works. And Ebed-Melech lowered these old things into the dungeon. And he said, I want you to take it and I want you to put it under your arms. I want you to wrap it around you and I want you to hold on because we're about to pull you up out of that pit that you're in. I want you to wrap it under your arms and we're about to pull you out. We don't have a ladder. We don't have a nice new rope. We don't have a winch. But if you would put these old tried and true things underneath you, then I believe we can get somewhere. I know praying seems so simple. I know when somebody says, well, have you prayed about it? Seems so simple. Have you tried prayer? Oh, of course I've prayed. But have you prayed? Have you really gotten down and said, oh God, This is not me. Now I lay me down to sleep. This is me getting out something that I know works. And saying, God, right now, I pray for this situation. I'm praying right now in faith. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus. And I know prayer may seem simple. And it may not be the the popular thing today. But if you could take prayer and tie it to some fasting. and, And the Bible says, these came not out, but by prayer and by fasting. If you somehow could link the two. I know it's not popular. And I know some people have cast it aside. But if you could get a hold of it, it'll get you somewhere. And Jeremiah did so. And they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him up out of the dungeon. And Jeremiah remained. It may be old to some. It may be discarded by some. But there are some things, no matter how old they may be, they still get the job done. The wheel was invented a whole, whole long time ago, but the wheel still moves some things. Sewing needles have been around a long time, but they still work. The globe has been around for a long time, but it hasn't changed a whole lot.
clocks, time has changed, but the clock still tells time. It doesn't matter if it's old or not. If it works, it works. I don't need anything fancy, Brother Michael. I just need something that works. I don't need something popular. I just need to know it can get me out of my circumstance. I don't need something name brand. I just need the name. I just need to make sure that what I've got is going to be enough to not only get me out of the pit, but it can get some others out of the pit as well. I've come tonight to tell somebody it does it doesn't take long before you feel alone in the pit. It doesn't take long before you're discouraged and despaired. But the king gave word and said, go get them out of the pit. Don't let them die there. Don't let them decay there. I know it hasn't been long, but it's been long enough. Go get whatever you've got to get. Go do whatever you've got to do. Just get Jeremiah out of the pit. Just get some rope and get some men and begin to tie the things together and say, I think maybe, just maybe, if we link this together, we can get it to somebody and we can save them and we can deliver them and we can see that the captives are set free. Let's all stand in this house. I wish I had more to offer you. I wish that in Landon Long's bank account that there was enough money to give to each and every one of you to get out of every bit of debt that you have found yourself in. But all I've got is some old rags. I wish I had the magic pill that would just take away all of your hurt and all of the pain and all of the issues that you've been going through. But I don't have that tonight. But I've got some discarded things that somebody didn't see as important. And it's been something that we've held on to around here. Because there's been a pastor that said we're going to hold on to those things. There's been some saints of God that says that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything fancy. I'm not, I don't care what it is. I just want to know that it works. When you're really hungry, you'll eat anything. And when you're really hurting, you'll try anything. And when you're in the pit and you're sinking, you're not going to sit around and argue and say, no, I wish you'd throw a nicer rope down. I wish you'd go find a ladder and drop it down so y'all don't drop me. But when that rope comes over into the pit that you're in, and you see it there and it starts being lowered down to you. You grab hold of those old cloths. Those old discarded things that nobody else wanted. And you hold on to it and you wrap it around you and you say, Oh, I'm not letting go. It may be old to some. It may be trivial to some. But it's enough to get me out of the place that I'm in. Prayer works. Fasting works. Worship works. The anointing still breaks the yoke. Prayer meeting still works. Your worship still opens prison doors. Prayer will still set the captive free. 
Oh, I know it's old. I know it seems outdated. I know it seems like not the common thing. But I believe there are some apostolic people here tonight that not only you're in the pit, but you know somebody in the pit. And I pray that you would just get some of those old things out again that are tried and true and say we're not going to stop. We're not going to quit. We're going to go. And we're going to have to, maybe we're going to have to push some things aside. We're going to go into the treasury and we're going to cast away some of this other stuff because prayer's buried in there somewhere. Fasting. You might not even know what that word means. But I promise you, if you'll start digging, you'll find it. And if you'll get it, you can tie it and use it with prayer. And it'll make a difference in your life. It'll do something for you. It'll pull somebody out of the place of despair. The name still works. The blood still works. Your prayers, mom, they still work. Your faithfulness, dad, it still makes a difference. I open the altars tonight for somebody that's in that pit and looking for a help. Oh, I don't care how much you worship today, how much you pray today. I'm thankful that we had the move of God that we did. But some of you are worshiping and you're still struggling. Some of you have been fighting. You've been in the pit. You've been doing everything you can. But God is here tonight. The King has spoken. Get Him out. Get Him out. Find whatever you can and get Him out. God, don't let me forsake something that can be the lifeline for somebody else. God, don't let me cast prayer aside. Don't let me discard it, God, like it's not important. God, it's everything. God, the reason I'm here is because somebody prayed for me. The reason I'm here is because somebody went on an extended fast for me. The reason I'm here is because somebody was worshiping even in their storm, in their trial. Oh, and we were able to watch and observe as prison doors opened as you made a way of escape. Oh God, don't let me remove those old landmarks. Don't let me cast aside the very thing that I need to get out of the place that I'm in. I just need something, God, that works. Oh, I know that what we have here and what is available to us, God, is more than sufficient. Oh God, we're certainly not here to mock prayer. We're not here to mock fasting. God, and call it old and outdated. But God, that's what the world has told us. God, we found some things buried, God, that nobody else appreciated. 
but it's everything to me. God, don't let me lay holiness aside. I don't care what everybody else may do, God. It matters to me. It matters to my family. I can't speak for everybody. But as for me, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we're going to hold on to things that are important. God, I take these old rags. I take these old garments. Oh God, wrap me in them tonight. Lift me up out of the pit tonight. Lord, if I know somebody who's desperate tonight, if I have a brother that's been crying out, if I have a brother that's been crying out for help, Lord, let me go to him. Let me run to him. Let me pull him up out of the pit. Come on, church, find somebody to pray with right now. Find somebody to link up with right now and begin to pray. You don't know the pit that they may be in tonight. Oh, remember when you were in that pit. Remember the pit from which you were dug. Oh, be that to somebody else. Reach out for somebody else tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, don't let anybody pray alone right now. Don't let anybody be in isolation right now. Don't let anybody feel without hope right now. Come on, throw them something. Tell them you're praying for them. Tell them you're going to fast with them. Oh, tell them you're going to worship with them. Join with them. Say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, Joseph, cry out. Come on, cry out. The king has spoken. Come on, try something you've never tried before. Try something that is tried and true. Oh, we speak the name. We plead the blood. We declare your word. Hatayalobo 